Glad you're here today. Um, The Apostle Paul says to us in 2 Corinthians 9, verses 7 and 8, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, Having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. My name is Mark Brown. I've been the treasurer here at Poplar Springs for somewhere around 27 years. I've been an eyewitness to many things over these years. Over the last 18 months or so, I've observed a new habit which I love. I will testify to you that at the beginning of any meeting or gathering in our church, a word from God is shared and then discussed. Our pastor has set a great example for all of us by showing us how to begin with God's word. Many of you can also testify to this. When I became treasurer here A long time ago, the budget, the annual budget was around $300,000 a year. And there was a building fund balance of around $200,000. The old sanctuary was filled near capacity for two services each Sunday morning. And many people had a vision of building this sanctuary. They sacrificed, and many of you have sacrificed also. Thank you for what you have done and what you have given. God has provided. Between 1996 and the year 2000, we raised $1.4 million and applied that to the cost of this facility, which was somewhere around four and a half million dollars. I never dreamed that we could do that. But you know what? We did. God did it. God did it. Our church was very focused on this vision and goal. God blessed and enabled us, and He has continued to do so through good times and bad. After 20 years, that debt now stands at $668,000. Praise God. Now, I have a question for you. Can we retire this debt? What would happen if we were able to do this? It would free up around $125,000 a year by eliminating our loan payments and our giving to making way for the future. The finance team and the church council and the deacons all agree that we would like to to focus our sacrifice Sunday offerings for the next two sacrifice Sundays on our church debt. Those Sundays 
are on August 29th and October 31st. God has been so good to us at Poplar Springs. And we had a saying when we started raising funds for this building in 1996. And that saying was not equal gifts, but equal sacrifice. I still believe that's true. One day I pray that we will all be able to shout, We're debt free! I'm going to close with the verses that I started with a few minutes ago. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. May God bless you and may God bless this church. Thank you.
Thank you, choir. He is the one true God. He's the one that never fails. And as a result, we can't be shaken by anything, can we? No fear in our lives because Jesus Christ is king. Let's stand together as we sing, I will not be shaken.
Sometimes on this journey, I get lost in my mistakes. What looks to me like canvas is the weakness for your strength. And my story isn't over, my story's just begun. And failure won't define me, cause that's what my father does. Failure won't define me, cause that's what my father does. Sing with
please remain standing for the reading of the word of the Lord. Today's scripture is Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. Also, he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week, I give tithe to all that I possess, and the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to be back together and to be in God's Word together. And today, this story that was just read to you is a very interesting and wonderful story. It tells us the story of a Pharisee and a tax collector. And when you read this passage of Scripture, one of the things that you're going to notice is the diversity of these two individuals. When you look at how this passage of Scripture is introduced to us, it begins like this. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on other people. Now, before we go into talking about the tax collector and talking about the Pharisee, You've got to understand that Jesus, as He's starting this message off, He's wanting you to understand who He's talking about and what He's trying to, uh, to bring forth. And one of the things that Jesus is showing us here is that there are many people who are confident in their own righteousness. He wouldn't tell this story if He didn't see several people that were confident in their own righteousness. I don't know if you've ever been in any kind of conversations with anyone who basically are cocky, know-it-all, they have confidence in themselves. You know, there's nothing wrong with us having pride in ourselves and having some confidence in ourselves. But one of the things that Jesus was constantly running into were people who were really way beyond the ability of feeling good about themselves, but they were confident in their own righteousness. This story, this parable, one of the things that I hope that you'll do is I hope you'll open your Bibles and keep it open because there are a couple other stories that go along with this story that you need to hear and you need to understand what Jesus is talking about when He's telling this story. So these people who are confident in their own righteousness, He goes on, He says, these people have the ability to look down on other folks. Now, I don't know if you've ever experienced that of someone looking down on you. I can remember a specific story. I'm not going to go into telling you about it, but when I was in high school, I was gathered with a bunch of teenagers. I was a teenager myself, 
And I was from a small high school, and I was gathered with some guys that were from a really big high school. And as we were in there and we were talking about our sports and our teams, you know, there was about 19 guys on my team. I think there were about 60 guys on their team. And we began to talk, and the confidence and the cockiness, whoa, man, it just started to really get strong in that room. So even as a teenager, I ran into some people who had self-confidence. You know, and again, there's nothing wrong with us feeling good about ourselves and feeling good about where we are. But when our self-righteousness and our ability to elevate ourselves means more to us than anything else in life, it does cause problems. It causes issues. And Jesus said that these people who were confident in their own righteousness, in verse 9, He said they do this. They look down on everyone else. So when someone elevates themselves, they have this uh, thing in their mind, in their heart, where they look down on everyone else. And then Jesus told the story. He told the story about the Pharisee and the publican. Now, when you read this story, you'll see this, that the Pharisee, he started off telling the story about the Pharisee, but he went and he said, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself. In other words, he was over there all by himself, and he prayed. And as he began to pray, he said these words, God, God, I thank you that I am not like other people. Did y'all catch that passage of Scripture? God, I thank You that I am not like other people. You see, this was the problem that Jesus was seeing in His world, and this is the problem that is in our world today. There are people who are confident in their own self-righteousness. And this Pharisee, as he was standing off there by himself, and why was he standing off there by himself? Well, he didn't want to get in the crowd, because if he was in the crowd, no one would really be able to see him. And this wonderful prayer that he was going to be sending upward toward heaven. So he's standing off by himself, And when people are looking in at the temple, they see Him standing off by Himself and elevating Himself. And He says, God, I thank You that I am not like these other people. They're robbers. They're evildoers. They're adulterers. Or even like this tax collector. Now I want you to look at that list and I want you to think about it because there's a passage of Scripture that I'm going to share with you in just a moment where Jesus, right after this parable, goes into a couple of other parables that you need to hear and you need to embrace to understand this story. But this man is standing in the temple all by himself and he has his hands outward and he's looking upward toward heaven and he's giving God thanks that he's, he's not a person that has a lot of problems like a lot of people around him. I thank you, Lord, that I don't do those things. And then he goes on and he says, or even like this tax collector. So he saw the tax collector who was having to stay outside of the temple entrance because he probably, in in fact, the way it worked then is the unbelievers or those who were not Jewish couldn't get into the temple. So he was standing on the outside. And so as he's standing on the inside, he's looking up toward heaven. And then he looks over to his left or his right. And he said, and God, I thank you that I'm not like this man. He's a pretty arrogant fellow, isn't he? 
And Jesus goes on and He tells this story that this man, not only did He say that He wasn't a robber or an evildoer or an adulterer, but then as He looked over and He saw this man and He he saw who He was, He says, I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. Listen, you know, we, we had the treasurer of our church stand up and talk to you about giving today. I want to say, I want to say something about giving. Giving should never become a legalistic law with you. Giving in any way should be a time in your heart and your mind where you're giving freely to God because you love the Lord and because you are embracing a relationship with Him. When it gets to that place where giving is legalistic and you're keeping a check mark by how much you give or how much you don't give or whatever you give, then it has become something less than what God wants it to be. And this Pharisee, as he was standing there and he was bragging upon his goodness and his greatness, he threw the money thing in there. And he said, Lord, they see me come in here and they see me lay my money down into the temple giving and all of this. And so this guy had not only become arrogant in the fact that he was a good person, but also by the actions, by the way he lived his life. And I'll say something to you. If that's the way you give, keep it. Because... God's not pleased with that. But when we are willing to give because we love the Lord and the Lord, we know the Lord loves us, that is the way to do it. But this Pharisee did not get that. He had become so legalistic and he had become so ritualistic in his faith in God that even when it came time to his giving to the Lord, the Lord was seeing it as something far less than what it should be. Then the Bible tells us that after this man does this, he goes on and he said that, uh, and, he, and he pointed this other individual out. We get to verse 13 and it says, but the tax collector, this tax collector, this is a man who worked for the Roman government and collected taxes for the government. Nobody liked him. Everybody hated him. Nobody wanted to see him coming. But when this tax collector was standing outside The Bible tells us these are the words that we read in the Scripture. But the tax collector stood at a distance. In other words, he wasn't getting close to the temple because he knew this was God's temple. And the Bible said he had pulled himself back away. And he was standing at a distance. And as he stood at a distance, he would not even look up to heaven. But he stood there at a distance and his head was down to the ground. And as he was staying away from the temple where they believed that God worshipped, he knew that he was not worthy to get close to God. And as he had pulled himself away and he bowed his head down, the Bible tells us, but the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his chest and said, God have mercy on me, a sinner. You see, this man understood who God was and he understood who he was. The Pharisee, he didn't understand who God was and he didn't understand himself because he was so self-centered and he was so inverted into himself, he could not understand what this tax collector who was standing at a distance from the temple with his head bowed down, he knew exactly who he was. This is an interesting story. But Jesus didn't stop just there. It was interesting the next story that Jesus told. 
The Bible says that right after that, or when Jesus explained this, He said, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Now, you you think about that for a minute. Those who humble themselves will be exalted, and those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And then Jesus tells us this. Verse 15. People were also bringing babies to Jesus for Him to place His hands on them. And when the disciples saw this, they rebuked Him. Okay? We don't need kids around here right now, but they rebuked Him. But Jesus called the children to Him. Pay close attention to that passage of Scripture. Jesus called the children to Him and said, Let the little children come to Me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Now what in the world does this story have to do with this this publican this Pharisee and this tax collector that I just told you about. Because what Jesus immediately is doing after He tells us the story of the Pharisee and the tax collector, He goes right into telling us how true, true children behave. You know one of the most wonderful things about being a grandfather is how, how little Marin and little Jack behave. How they be. Now, not, not all the time, y'all. Okay? They're not perfect little kids. Sometimes, you know, we have those two where they'll go into a little fit of rage every once in a while, and you have to calm them down, and that's when you take them and turn them right back over to their parents and walk away. Alright? So I know that. I know that. I couldn't do that with my kids. I can do that with my grandkids now. Yeah. But Jesus, when He's talking about children, He's He's trying to get us. He just told us a story about a Pharisee and a tax collector. About one who exalted himself and one who was humble. And then He goes right into telling us about how children behave. True children behave. And one of the things that He's trying to get us to think about as He connects those stories together is how true children of God behave. How those of us who really depend upon God and how those of us who rely on God behave. That we're not going to be arrogant. We're not going to lift ourselves up. We're not going to exalt ourselves. We're not going to be arrogant people. We are going to be like children that absolutely have to depend upon God, our Father. And when those disciples tried to turn those children away after Jesus just told them what Pharisees and tax collectors were all about, Jesus said, you let those kids come to Me. And then when those kids were brought to Jesus, He said, let little children come to Me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never, ever enter it. So when we talk about this idea of following the Lord, you can be a Pharisee and you can be self-centered and you can be self-righteous and you can elevate yourself and you can lose it all. Or you can be like this tax collector, this publican, this individual who realized who he was like children recognize who they are. 
And children understand that they need their parents in their lives. And some of you who are raising teenagers right now, I want to say to you, I I tell you one thing. Those years of raising our kids as teenagers was some of the hardest years that we ever had as parents. But I will tell you one thing that I discovered about teenagers in those years is those individuals really wanted somebody to share the truth of God with them, share the truth of the world with them, to be confident, and to not be their buddy or their pal, but to be their mom and their dad, and to tell them the truth of the world. You know, we were, we were watching a commercial. I can't even remember what it was. And Shelly and I were watching this commercial, and this little girl, it's some, some mom's trying to feed her something. This little kid is just telling her mom how it's not going to be, how blah, 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 blah. And Shelly said, can you believe that? I said, yeah, I can believe it. I believe a lot of parents in this world are trying to be the friend of their children rather than be their parents. But when we truly are spiritual leaders in this world and we are willing to lead our children and take them in the right direction and not be their friend, you know, I mean, we, there's a thing about being a child's friend. Let me tell you something, that's secondary to being their parent. But when you're their parent and you're telling them how to live their life because you've been in God's Word, you know what God's Word has to say. I was sharing with our ladies' class this morning. You know, one of the things in being a disciple of Jesus Christ, you know how I was taught how to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? Kenneth Roach and Helen Roach taught me how to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. It wasn't my Sunday school teacher. It wasn't a pastor of our church. Now we had a good, I had a good Sunday school teacher, and I had a good pastor. A lot, and then when my dad went into the ministry, things kind of changed with that. But when when I was growing up, I can remember my parents teaching me the Word of God, teaching me how to pray. I was just talking to we were just talking to one of our kids the other day, and he was telling us, you know, about how he was teaching his little guy how to pray. You know, let me tell you something. When we look at this passage of Scripture and we see this story of the Pharisees and we see this story of the tax collector and those of us where we want to be confident in our own righteousness, we're never ever going to be able to draw close to God. We're never ever going to be able to pull close into Him. But this tax collector who was not confident in his self-righteousness, he threw his head down, he wouldn't even look up, and he was asking God to forgive him of who he was. And Jesus said that that individual is right with God. The one who is willing to understand that they need God in their life. And they don't have it all figured out. You know, I want to tell you something, I haven't got it figured out yet. Is anybody in this crowd got it figured out yet? I haven't, got, I haven't got this world figured out yet. And it's like every day you turn news on or you look at something, it just seems more chaotic all around us. But one of the things that I do know is that my God never leaves me, He never forsakes me, and He walks beside me. And He's trying to teach me new things every day I live. Now there's a next story that I, I want to read with you, and I want you to hear this one. Jesus just told us a story about the fair how Pharisees act. He told us how tax collectors act. He also tells us a story about children and how children act and how we need to behave like children and that when we behave like children, that's what the kingdom of God is going to be about. But yet there are still some issues that people deal with. And he goes right into the next parable. 
A certain ruler, this is verse 18, a certain ruler, a ruler. Now notice this, this guy's a ruler. He is a commander, he is a chief, he's like a Pharisee, he's in charge of things. A certain ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And then Jesus, I love the writing in red. Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Now watch this. You know the commandments. Now, I want you to look over at Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 17. And when you look at those commandments, you're going to see the order in which those commandments end. Jesus does it backwards with this man. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. You shall have no other gods before you. You shall have no graven images. You will remember the Sabbath day and you will keep it holy. Those first four commandments that Jesus gives is all about worshiping God. But when we come to this passage of Scripture, here is a guy, a certain ruler who's got his life all together. He comes to Jesus and he wants to know, what is it that I must do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus answered him, why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. Verse 20, you know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony and honor your father and your mother. There they, what? what did Jesus leave out? He left out some key, key commandments from this man. But this is where he stopped. Or this is where the man stopped him because it says this. The man says, all these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. And when Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. And when he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. He became very sad because he was very wealthy. Why? Because his God was not God. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, Who then can be saved? And Jesus replied, What is impossible with man is possible with God. What is impossible with man is possible with God. Let's go back to the Pharisee. It is impossible for you and me to be righteous. I don't have it in me. You don't have it in you. But that Pharisee, he thought he had it in him. It is impossible for us to be flawless in our life and to treat people the way God wants us to treat them all the time. It is impossible. It is an impossibility. Why? Because the sin issues that we deal with in our life lead us in the wrong direction. They point us. There is never going to be a time while I am on this planet that I will be flawless and perfect like that righteous Pharisee thought he was flawless and perfect. But I have got to become like a child. 
I have got to become like a child. That's why I told you that second story there. I have got to become like a child who understands that I am dependent upon my Heavenly Father to feed me, to nurture me, and to lead me in the right direction. And if I ever get to the place where I am not willing to be a child of God, I'm not willing to surrender myself fully and completely to the Lord, then I'm going to be like that Pharisee, and I will never be like that publican who had his head bowed down to the ground. And he knew he couldn't handle this on his own. He knew he needed the power of God in his life. And that is why Jesus went straight in to telling us about how we must be like children when we want to hear what God... Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like little children, you're never going to enter it. You're never going to know what God wants you to know until you are willing to surrender yourself like a little child. And then Jesus popped right into that second story. That second engagement of this man who came to Him. This rich man who had life all together. And you know, there's a lot of people who think they've got life all together. And a certain ruler, this ruler came to Him. He, he had all kinds of control and all kinds of power in his life. And he just wanted to go to heaven when he died. And when Jesus encountered him, he knew exactly where his heart was too. And when he, he told him, he asked him a question. He put the question to him. He, he, he went through those commandments, and I've shared this with you all many times. He went through those commandments and he started at the bottom because he knew this man did not love the Lord his God with all his heart, soul, and mind. And probably did not love his neighbor as himself. And probably those idols in his life, that money that he had in his life, had more control over him than the God that He wanted to serve. And Jesus didn't even have to mention those to Him because they were so embedded in His heart. But Jesus shared those other commandments and when He shared those, the man said, I've done all that. And then Jesus turned to him and said a simple thing. I want you to just go sell what you have and come follow Me. And the Bible tells us that he walked away sad because he was really rich. When we look at this passage of Scripture that I was first shared with you on the screen up here today, when you heard those words about the Pharisee and you heard those words about the tax collector, one of the things I want to leave you with, if you don't remember anything from those passages of Scripture, Pharisees are confident of their own righteousness and their own ability. So, you can be one of two things. You can be a Pharisee or you can be a tax collector. Pharisees are confident of their own righteousness and their own ability, not only in this world, but even to make it to heaven. But tax collectors... They're not even willing to lift their eyes up and, and look at God because they understand their sinful state. But when they understand that sinful state, I also believe that that tax collector also heard the story that Jesus was telling about little children. And that if we just had confidence in God like a little child, and we had obedience in God like a little child, and we trusted in God like a little child, I'm sure that Pharisee, he just walked away. He didn't hear a thing Jesus was saying. But I do believe that that tax collector heard what Jesus was saying. And when he heard those words of Jesus about 
that, that what he, the story he told to this rich man, and he heard that story about those little children, about how if we're willing to be confident in God like a little child, and we're willing to put everything else aside and follow the Lord, then we're going to understand what it is to walk close with God. I want to ask you something. I want you to think about this with me. Are you walking close to God today? You can. It can be yours. But it can't be yours if you're living in your own righteousness. It'll never be yours. It can be yours if you're willing to be like that tax collector who just bowed their head down and said, Lord, I don't know what to do with this life. I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know what what to do with my kids. I don't know what to do. I, I need your help. And then... We can remember after that tax collector has done that, it's like little children. We just are like little kids. We're coming to God and we're saying, Lord, here I am. I, take me. You take control of my life. You see, that's key. That You understand that, that if a small child's parents are not in control, that child will probably... It's going to be bad for that child. A child could die if their parents aren't in control. A child could become very sick or wounded if their parents aren't in control. And you see, that's what happens with Christians so many times, is that we want to be saved and we want the Lord to take us to heaven someday when we die, but yet, yet, right now, in this moment in time, we don't want to be like little kids that are just coming to the Lord and saying, Lord, I need You to lead the entire way of my life, and I need to be dependent upon You. And then it can even get to that point where we've got to ask our question, uh, the question of, of those Ten Commandments. You know, which ones are we keeping? Which ones are we not keeping? This guy was keeping all the ones on the bottom level. This rich man that came to Jesus right after he told all this other stuff about children and after he told the, the stories with the Pharisees and, and the tax collectors and the messages there, all of those things. But then you got this guy who comes along and he's confident, well, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. But he was missing the big thing. Exodus chapter 20. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the hand of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself any image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God purchasing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses His name. And you will remember the Sabbath day and you will keep it holy. Those four things Jesus never mentioned to that rich young ruler. Why? Because Jesus could look in his heart and he saw through his eyes that he was not truly in love with the Lord of creation, the God that put it all together, just like that Pharisee wasn't. 
But Jesus was wanting this man to be just like He told in that second parable. He wanted him to be like a child that had to depend upon his God, but he wasn't going to do it. I hope today that every one of us will leave this place with a determination in our mind that I am recommitting myself, and I hope you will too, that today I will love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, and mind. I will not allow any graven images to take and overpower God. I will not allow any rituals of this church or any congregation to be more meaningful to me than the worship of our Almighty God. And I will have those moments, those Sabbath days in my life where I am truly going to worship God and I'm going to give myself completely and fully to Him. When we do that, we will understand what the Pharisee didn't get. We will understand what that rich young ruler didn't get. But we will completely understand what children get. It's when Papa or Mimi come up and they fall in love with someone that can take care of them. There's nothing like it. Some of you today have walked into this place and you know you can kind of see on faces, you've got a lot of burden on your mind and your heart. Jesus is here. Some of you are in this place and you've never given your life to Jesus as the Lord and the Savior of your life. Jesus is here. Some of you are wondering about what is going to happen with our congregation and the direction God's going to take us. I'll tell you something. It's not going to be any good unless Jesus is here. And as long as we call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and we allow Him to empower our hearts and our minds, our souls, and let Him drive us to the direction that God wants to take us, we'll understand what little children understand. We will be able to embrace Jesus and the confusions of the world and the chaos all around us will disappear. But it will not happen until our faith in Christ it's what it should be. And so you Christians who are here today, I hope you're dependent and I hope you're trusting in the Lord. Whatever you're dealing with and whatever life issue you're going through, I hope you're calling on the power of Jehovah God who can take care of it all. For those of you who need Christ today, I hope you come talk to me out in the hallway out here because I will assure you of one thing, that when you come to that point in your life that you take Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, your life will transform. It will change. Things will become new. And you can begin to understand things like a little child understands things. When you put the heaviness and the burdens of this world aside, so today, Lord, we come to You. And we thank You for the solid Word of God. We thank You how Jesus speaks so clearly and straightforward to us. And Lord, as we leave this place today, I pray that every single one of us will be resolved in our minds not to be a Pharisee, but to fall in love with You like a publican, a tax collector. To fall in love with You like a child. And Lord, not to be someone who's got everything together and got it all together and we can do the last six commandments, but we can't understand the first four about loving You with all our heart, soul, and mind. Help us all to fall in love with You today, Lord, in such a way that today will be a new day for us all. 
And it is in the name of Jesus Christ that makes this all possible that I make this prayer. Amen. together.
As you're leaving this morning, there will be some men at the door to receive your offerings. If, if that, you're uncomfortable with that, as you go out the doors under the portico, there's two black boxes on the uh, uh, wall there uh, for you to, to drop them in. But the guys will be waiting for you. And uh, don't forget what we've heard here today. Don't forget about our Sacrifice Sundays coming up and the challenge to uh, retire that debt that's been with us far too long. And don't forget the challenge we've had today of making Jesus first in all that we do. Let's pray together. Father, thank you today for allowing us to be in your house, to come aside to be with you. But Lord, we don't have to be here. You'll be with us anywhere we are. And I pray that every day that we'll have time for you and find that you're always there waiting for us. And if we're not close to you, Lord, it's not you who's moved. It's us. And then, Lord, when we have these opportunities to come together for corporate worship, to as one body in your name to come and to worship you, Lord, I pray we'll take advantage of every opportunity. Lord, we love you. We pray that we are dismissed from this place, that your spirit will go with us and through the remainder of the days and activities this evening uh, here in this place also. For we ask it in Jesus' name.